I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in episode 104 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me over on Twitter at FFEvanLution, or you can follow the show at Dynasty Debates. You can also drop me an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. There are many, many ways to get in touch. If you have any questions, comments, things you love, things you hate, things you want to hear more of on the show, go ahead and let me know. Guys, we are breaking down the NFC West this week. Sadly, amazing first-time guest Jennifer Piacenti had to run. She has amazing uh, SiriusXM show to record. I am going to be covering the Seattle Seahawks by myself, which is literally a first in the 100-plus episodes of Dynasty Debates. You will only hear me. So I understand completely. If you want to turn the episode off, I get it. Don't hate the player, hate the game. I totally understand. But saying that, if you stay, I promise my best to make it a good show, give you some good information and some things that I am looking out for and wanting to see and hear more of from the Seattle Seahawks. So without any further ado, let's get into it. The main event. Fight. So the Seattle Seahawks finished last year in last place in the division, 7 and 10. There weren't any major coaching staff changes, however, on the offensive side of the ball. The big blockbuster trade that we all know about was getting rid of Russell Wilson, Mr. Unlimited himself to the Denver Broncos for some draft capital. They also picked up Drew Locke and tight end Noah Fant as part of the deal. Um, other kind of key maybe signings or re-signings, Will Disley signed a three-year, $24 million contract extension. Rashad Penny signed a one-year, $5.75 million contract extension. And they did bring back Geno Smith on a one-year, $3.5 million deal. Uh, in the draft, so using some of that draft capital from the Russell Wilson trade, they managed to bolster the offensive line, which was a massive need. They also drafted now Ken Walker. I used to call him, we used to call him Kenneth Walker the third, but apparently it's Ken Walker now in the second round. And they also drafted Bo Melton in the seventh round. There was a lot of changes. The offense is going to look very, very different. And they did also manage to tie down superstar DK Metcalf to a contract extension. So that is some good news for the offense. So with these divisional breakdowns, um, if you haven't listened to the other ones, definitely go back and check them out. They are all up there. All the other ones have guests. So they're a little bit more back and forth. But they, uh, what we're trying to do is give you a little snack snapshot of kind of what happened to the team last year, just a reminder of any major changes in the off season. And then we're also going to have a look at, you know, kind of what can we expect? What can we see out of the team this year for their offense, things like that. So as far as, you know, the Seahawks, my general vibe on it is 
it's it's just going to be wild. It's going to be crazy. I mean, we haven't seen a a, a Russell Wilson less Seahawks in years and years and years. Um, obviously, with Pete Carroll still being there and the the coaching staff still being pretty much the same, I expect it to be very much still establish the run at all costs. Um, it's very interesting to see whether they really genuinely roll out with Drew Locke or um, Geno Smith, who apparently Geno Smith has had the edge in the early camp battle. There is some whispers from the bushes that maybe they could be interested in Jimmy G if he does get cut from the 49ers as they look to move on to Trey Lance. So that would be very interesting. So it's a lot of craziness. It's hard to be overly confident on them as an overall offense just with you know, either Drew Locke or um, Geno Smith and at the helm uh, with the offensive line being revamped only this year. We haven't seen that be a good offensive line yet. So there's just a lot of questions more than answers. Honestly, my confidence level in the Seahawks this year is probably only at about a five on a scale of one to 10, maybe even a little bit lower because I don't even know who the quarterback is at this point and whoever that quarterback is, I don't have much confidence in them. I mean, but saying that it would be absolutely incredible if Drew Locke somehow won the camp battle and managed to somehow in, in the craziest turn of events ever become a good quarterback in the NFL. That'd be incredible. I would love the chaos. I would be all for that. So I hope that happens. But again, that is a pretty long shot for that to actually be a thing. As I've been doing with all of these, you know, divisional breakdown shows, I am going to just go back, have a little look at sort of some of the stats uh, from last year, have a little look and see what we what we think about, um, you know, as we're trying to piece together, what was their overall pace of play? What was their DVOA? Things like that. Now, the Seahawks were actually sixth in pace of play last year, which is fairly surprising. It was a weird year. Russell missed a chunk of the season with an injured finger. Um, Chris Carson obviously went down during the season. Rashad Penny came up really just all guns blazing at the very end of the season. It was just a weird year there, but they did have a pretty nice pace of play last year, um, which is good. You'd love to see that continue in the new look offense as far as DVOA. So again, that's just something that I like to look at. It's an advanced statistic. It stands for defensive val defensive adjusted value over average. So it means that there's some really smart people out there who look at every single play, every single game, and they basically look at the situation that the team was in, um, Specifically, I'm talking about the offensive side, but they do it for the defense as well. So they'll look at, you know, where did the offense start and what kind of defense were they playing? What what position of the field were they on? How many points did they score? They weigh all of that up and they can kind of assign a value to it. And then they rank the teams one to 32 based on their DVOA. So surprisingly, and this genuinely does really shock me, Seattle was seventh in DVOA. So I find that absolutely fascinating because I wouldn't have thought they were a very high powered offense um, last year. But surprise, surprise, they actually are. So that does give me some hope because, again, it was a weird year. Russell Wilson, you know, was beat up for a lot of the year and things like that. So overall, if they were able to still be a top 10 offense, uh, even with a beat up line and things like that, definitely gives me some some hope that even if they regress, they could still potentially be like a middle of the pack offense because, you know, for his faults and stuff, Pete Carroll has been a fairly consistent head coach um, with able to, to manage to get a decent team out there on the field. I am concerned about him myself. I feel like he's a more 
more positive Mike Zimmer. I feel like he's a Mike Zimmer chewing gum. Um, he He's not getting in fights and, and being a grump, but he's just like old school football. He wants to play like it's the 80s still, maybe the 90s. And I just feel like the game has changed and evolved a lot. There's a lot more. It's a passing game at the moment. And I feel like he just wants to run the ball and have good defense. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to see what this new look offense without Russell Wilson. I just can't overemphasize that enough. It's very um, surreal to me to think of. I, I mean, it's one of the first things that happened this offseason, and I still can't really get my head around the fact that we're not going to see Russell Wilson um, leading the Seahawks anymore. So I also like to look at the kind of breakdown of the run and the past success rates when considering how successful a team was and what they did and what they did well. So how is a play considered successful? It's considered successful when it gains at least 40% of yards to go on first down or 60% of yards to go on second down or hundred percent of yards to go on third or fourth down. Now, when we look at, and we're considering those specific metrics, the, um, the Seattle Seahawks were actually 51% successful in their running plays, which was 10th in the NFL. So again, that's really good. That's a top 10 offense. That makes a lot of sense. They were only 45% successful with their passing plays, and that was only 21st in the NFL. So that's much lower near the bottom of the third, bottom third of the league. And when you combine pass and run plays, they were actually 16th. So very much middle of the pack. Um, but again, you know, it makes you think they really, really want to run the ball. They're going to try their best to establish the run. And then we'll see how, you know, who takes over as the actual starting you know, starting quarterback and how they kind of tailor the offense around um, that, that person. So again, as far as like, when we're talking about when they did pass, how much did they pass? Where were, where were the pass attempts going? Things like that. The, um, the Seahawks were kind of unsurprisingly, as we've already mentioned near the bottom of the barrel in total passing volume, they were 30th. So 30th in the entire league in passing volume at 447 total targets. Now, as far as the target distribution, a big chunk of that does go to the wide receivers. They were actually um, fifth. Yeah, they were fifth overall in percentage of targets to the wide receiver at 65.3%. So 292 targets to the wide receiver position. Obviously, you've got your DK Metcalf. You've got your Tyler Lockett. Um, absolute studs there. So that makes a lot of sense. Running back targets, not so much. Um, they were actually 31st in targets to the running back. So 14.3% target share. Only 64 targets going to the running back. Um, Obviously, Chris Carson was beat up a lot of last year. Uh, Rashad Penny only came on strong at the end of the year. Not a, you know, not a renowned pass catcher. So that's um, kind of a little bit of a downer again for the overall value of any sort of running backs in the Seattle backfield. And then as far as the tight end percentage of passes to the tight end, again, they were pretty low on the scale. They weren't as bad, closer to sort of middle of the table, 20.4%, 91 total pass attempts to the tight end. But Gerald Everett, he was there. Um, he was kind of in and out a little bit. And then again, with Russell Wilson kind of being injured throughout the season, um, there's just had a lot of bad luck there with tight ends. So it's it's definitely, um, it's not the worst position in the world. I mean, like I said, they're 20.4%, 20, sort of bottom third of the league. But there's certainly some targets there to go around. So it does give me a little bit of hope for Noah Fant. Uh, now, if we're talking about, well, one thing I like to do is sort of look at actual practical advice for each team. So we've talked about sort of what they did last year. We've talked about any major changes. We've talked about there's new quarterbacks in town, thing like that. So what we're going to look at is what, you know, what's a buy, what is a good buy, see you later. And what might be like a sneaky stash for this team just to kind of, 
give you some names, some actual names to play with, some some guys to look out for on the waiver wire, or just to try and get thrown into trades, maybe things like that. First guy I have to talk about here. Again, it's a bit weird because we don't have because we don't have a guest for this particular episode. You're just gonna have to listen to my takes and uh, agree or disagree as you feel fit. You can at me on Twitter or you can drop me an email. Let me know what you think. First up, my buy, my biggest buy at the moment is actually DK Metcalf. Now he's just signed that contract extension. He's still young. He's still an absolute dog and he comes in at the wide receiver 12 in a dynasty startup at the moment so if we're looking at sleeper super flex adp uh again sleeper is just my favorite fantasy platform to play on it could be yahoo it could be espn whatever you prefer but when i'm looking at uh sleepers super flex you know dynasty startup adp dk metcalf was sort of like why did she for five or six just a couple of months ago um as russell wilson left and as it looks more and more likely that drew Locke or geno smith is going to be his quarterback he has continued to fall he's now around the wide receiver 12 kind of range um i think that a lot of people maybe now that he's signed that extension maybe there's a little bit more confidence around him but again i feel like people are pretty down on him i think he's an absolute stud and honestly last year if you look at the splits of of when Geno Smith was in, he was still averaging, I believe, just over 20 points a game or something like that. It was really, really good. So hopefully if Geno Smith is the dude, um, or even if he's not, they've obviously signed an extension. They've given him the bag. They trust DK. They want him to be the face of the franchise. I'm pretty confident he's still going to get 125, 130, 140 targets this year. I think he'll be fine. He's a freak athlete. He's an absolute stud. And if you buy the dip now, I don't think that even if they rule out you know, Geno Smith or Drew Locke this year. I don't think that's their long-term plan or solution. They're either going to try and get a higher draft pick for next year, get a better quarterback in the building, or maybe they'll look at reassessing things after this year of like a building season. So I certainly think DK Metcalf is a stud. I think there's certainly players out there that I'm happy to um, look at, you know, swapping him for or looking to acquire him and um, get rid of somebody else. Maybe that's a little bit older um, that maybe people are seeing, seeing as a little bit sexier of a name right now for this particular season. I will also throw in um, as well, Ken Walker. So we've already mentioned, you know, sort of, he has round two draft capital. Um, Chris Carson has retired. Um, sadly enough, RIP, poor one out. I love Chris Carson. He's one of my you know favorite running backs the last couple of years. Just really enjoyed watching him play. He was always really productive when he was on the field. Even though he didn't get a lot of passing work, he was always, when he was healthy, he was always one of those low-end RB1, high-end RB2 characters. And Ken Walker at the moment is coming in as RB18. So I feel like you know he's being drafted as kind of a low-end RB2, which is kind of his floor. I think they've drafted him for a reason they've only given you know Rashad Penny a one-year deal I, I think that Ken Walker could easily outperform that ADP I it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up being a solid RB2 this year even in that poor um, poor offense or what we think will be a poor offense just based on volume I wouldn't surprise me if he takes over the backfield he's a very exciting runner very fast runner very physical runner um, got some great tools and I think that Pete Carroll has shown a propensity to lean on a lead back when he gets the opportunity when Chris Carson was healthy Chris Carson was getting a lot of work so I think that um, Ken Walker is a great buy for you if you're anyway sort of like look into the future or a younger team, things like that. If you're looking to get rid of an aging running back and you can downgrade to Ken Walker and some draft capital, I think personally that that would be a great, great shout. As far as now flipping the script, so I've talked about who guys who I'd be looking to acquire, guys I'm looking to get out from under or get rid of. Sadly, it is Rashad Penny. Um, he comes in at RB42, so he's not highly valued, but I do think there's been a bit of drumbeat going here. People 
people love Rashad Penny. I mean, he's he's been a dynasty darling for years. Sadly, it's just never really worked out because he's always been injured. Um, he's just battled with injuries every single year. He had an incredible end to last season. His last sort of three, four weeks, five weeks of the season won people leagues, no doubt. You know, it certainly did, and I can't deny that. So, I, and I, and I will say he's an incredible athlete, an incredible running back when he's healthy and when he's on the field. But sadly, like we've seen, he hasn't stayed healthy. He's getting older. He only signed a one-year deal. They just drafted somebody in the second round. I I think if you can capitalize on the hype or the expectation that he is going to be the lead back. And again, he's probably not going to get a lot of passing work, things like that. So I don't even know how high his overall ceiling is over the, over an entire season. I would certainly be looking to capitalize on that. I, I mean, if you could, if you could swap him for, you know, if you could give him and like a third for Kenneth Walker, I would love to do that. Something like that. You know, I would, there's definitely a lot of running backs I'd rather have on my roster or other, you know, up and coming wide receivers, things like that. So I would certainly look at getting out from under Rashad Penny myself. And, as far as like a sneaky stash, I, it, it sounds weird. It sounds really weird putting this name out here because he's a well-known dude. He's a really great fantasy producer, but it's actually Tyler Lockett. And that sounds really dumb to say, but guess what? He's coming in as wide receiver 52. Like he's coming in as wide receiver 52 on sleeper Superflex ADP. He's not 35 years old. He He's not. I mean, he's always been like this top 24 wide receiver for the last several years. I understand the concerns. He's got a massive downgrade at quarterback. He doesn't have Russell Wilson, who had an incredible mind meld with. But for me, wide receiver 52, he's still a stash. He's still a buy. He's still somebody that. Most likely, I don't see him finishing his wide receiver 52 this year. Um, and if they get a really good quarterback come in next year, there's going to be hype surrounding him as a post-hype sleeper. You can probably flip him for something, um, something like that. Again, it's it's a weird one. Like, I understand if you're a rebuilder or you're like a kind of middle-of-the-road team, not necessarily going out of your way to acquire Tyler Lockett because he is a bit older. And I don't know how much value he's going to bring to your roster this year if you're a contender. But at those sort of prices, I just feel like if you're working out these bigger deals – and um, you know, throwing around some pieces and things like that. Tyler Lockett could be somebody who could just get thrown in who maybe the other managers like, oh good, got him off my roster, thank goodness. Um, because they're freaked out about him. And then next year there could be a resurgence. Same way as we've seen with like Alan Robinson. You know, he went from a guy who you could literally pick up for like a third or a fourth round pick last season because the people were so sick of him to now. You know, I was just hyping him up this week. I was saying he's my buy. And I think there's a lot of people that are coming around to the fact that, oh my goodness, you know, he's really good football player still. And now he's got a great quarterback. This guy is a stud. So I think that Tyler, you know, Tyler Lockett at wide receiver 52 is just a, a misprice. Um, so I think that you should definitely look at potentially getting some, sh some shares of him. But yeah, I mean, those are sort of some of the players that, I would be looking to either get in on, get off of, um, sort of see what I can do, make some moves here right before the season starts. Obviously, the season is just around the corner. I do think it's going to be a challenging year. I really do. I think that, you know, I, I'm trying to think of a bull prediction that's positive here. It is really tough to do. I, I genuinely, I don't think that they're going to have. I, I really don't know that they're going to have even one top 12 uh, fantasy finisher among any of their their sort of you know skill position players I, I don't know that dk metcalf is going to be a top 12 fantasy um finisher i think he'll have big weeks because he's a freak athlete and he can just do that i don't i think he'll still be like a probably a high end or a mid um wide receiver too i think again ken walker could be a running back too probably um but i just don't think they're gonna have a QB one. I don't think they're going to have an RB one. I don't think they're going to have a wide receiver one and maybe no offense. 
you know, because the tight end landscape can be a bit gross. Maybe he manages to still get enough volume. Maybe he's the guy who gets some touchdowns and he stays as a, as a, as a tight end one, but it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't even finish as a tight end one. I just think their offense is going to struggle. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope DK is, a, is an RB one. I hope Ken Walker is a, uh, sorry, DK is a wide receiver one. I hope Ken Walker's an RB one. I would love to see Drew Locke as a QB one. <laughs> that would be incredible, but guys, there you have it. Um, the first solo episode of dynasty debates. Hopefully that wasn't too painful for you. Hopefully you learned something. Hopefully you're excited about the Seahawks and hopefully I'm wrong about some of my negativity about the Seahawks. I can't wait for football to be back. It is getting closer and closer. That is the NFC West in the bag. Make sure and subscribe to the pod. We've got more divisional breakdowns coming next week. And also if you have 30 to 45 seconds in your super amazing busy lives, please just drop a rating and review on your favorite podcast listening platform. It really helps the show. I really appreciate it. Um, guys, thanks for listening. Have a great day. Speak to you again soon. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven I forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate